Good morning, church, family, and friends. I'm glad that you joined us today online. And I gotta tell you that while I'm excited that we can do this, uh, it just doesn't replace getting together physically uh, for corporate worship. I've had so many people ask, when are we gonna get back together? I feel you, and I, and I also want to see us all get back together. There's just something about uh, physical uh, connections as opposed to a virtual hug. It just doesn't mean the same thing. It just doesn't feel the same. Uh, so I'm with you, and I'm looking forward to getting back together, and, and we're keeping an eye on that. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, bring you some information soon. Uh, we, hope it, we hope that it is soon. One thing that I am excited about is this time of social distancing is creating within us an appreciation uh, for the gathering of the saints together. Um, and that, that is cool. I think there's some people that are going, man, I, I don't want to take that for granted, the gathering together for corporate worship. And so I'm looking forward to getting us all back together. I'm also encouraged that last week I challenged everyone to read the Gospel of John with me. And I got so many responses uh, from that through Facebook, email, text messages like, hey, I'm reading the Gospel of John with you. Uh, and that was so cool. And it, oh, hang on a second. Um, hey, Siri, set a reminder for me to read John chapter 8 tomorrow at 7 a.m. Okay, I almost forgot. Man, I don't know about you, but I love technology. I love the ability to put stuff in my calendar. Because if you're like me, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't happen. There's a good chance that I'm gonna forget. And if you forget something, it's embarrassing. I can tell you, especially as a pastor, one of my greatest fears is to not show up to something that I'm supposed to be at. It happened one time um, in 17 years of ministry so far. Uh, my beautiful daughter batted those beautiful eyes at me and said, Daddy, will you take me and one of my friends uh, to the movie? And I thought, I'm a good dad. Why not? Let's do this. This will be great. Quality time. Uh, and so we went to the movie theater and we were having a great time. And all of a sudden, this major panic and anxiety came over me. And I realized that at that very moment, I was supposed to be about 30 miles uh, away from there at a wedding rehearsal. I had put in my phone the wedding day the next day, but I didn't put the rehearsal in there. And because of that, I forgot and I felt like a major idiot and I remember calling the family and saying hey I am so sorry I'm not going to be able to get there in time fortunately they said hey Shane you've done a lot of weddings so we're not worried about it if you can just be here for the actual ceremony that would be great but I'm sure you felt that pain maybe you had something scheduled or you didn't schedule it and you forgot it and you know how embarrassing that can be I bring that up because in the Bible there's a story about Joshua and uh, he, he's leading the children of Israel for the first time into the promised land, the promised land that had been promised to them by God. And they've looked forward to this time for a long time. Uh, they've wandered around in the desert for 40 years, and now it's time to take the land. And so the Bible says that God instructed them to get to the Jordan River, which was at flood stage, and they're going to cross the Jordan River. So it says when the priest put their feet into the Jordan, immediately it started to back up. It dried up. 16 miles away to a little town called Adam, and the rest of the Jordan River flowed on downstream to the Dead Sea. So now there's this huge void, there's this huge place where they could walk across uh, the dry river. Um, and it's in that context that Joshua tells them to do something very unique. It's Joshua chapter uh, 4, and it says, He told the 12 men that he had chosen uh, as the leaders of the tribe of Israel, verse 5, it says, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, each one for, or one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? 
Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. In verse 9 it says, Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. In verse 18 it says, As soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up out of the riverbed, and their feet were on high ground, the water of the Jordan returned and overflowed its banks as before. Verse 21, again it says, Then Joshua said to Israelites, to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and He kept it dry until you were all across, just as He did at the Red Sea when He dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. See, Joshua wanted to ensure that not just this generation, but the generation to follow and then the generation after that would know how awesome and how great and how faithful God was. And so he instructed them to take these stones out of the Jordan River and to take them on the other side into the promised land and to set up a memorial. And he said that when, in the future, when your children ask, I thought about that phrase and I, and I researched it a little bit, and there's actually five times, two times in the book of Exodus, another time in Deuteronomy, and in these two times here in Joshua, where it says, in the future, when your children ask. You can kind of see the heart there is, he, he wants them to know, God wants the next generation to know him. So the number one priority is for us to know God and to make Him a number one priority to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He'll take care of all of our other needs. But the second thing, very importantly, is to make Him known, and in the context of the family, the next generation, to know God. And so Joshua says, build this memorial in the future when kids ask you what this means. It's a great opportunity. It's a prompt or a cue for you to tell them about how awesome our God is. I love that story. But I was thinking about this, and just imagine for a moment if, you know, an Israelite 10, 20 years from that day uh, was doing a little landscaping around their house, and they said, you know, I need a good river rock. And they walked up to this memorial and thought, hey, I'm just going to take one of those rocks. And, and then another one came along after them and did the same thing. And, and 12 times that happens, and now there's no more memorial. There's no more reminder. There's nothing there to prompt or cue the next generation to ask about uh, that great event that took place as they crossed the River Jordan. As I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, we, we've had a similar experience. You know, we're a Christian nation, and for years we've watched things that used to be very, very um, practical or very regular for us be stripped away. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember praying in school. I remember they would get on the intercom and pray over the intercom at school. I remember prayers before football games or basketball games. I, I remember reading the Ten Commandments or seeing them in the school posted on a wall I remember the, the Star-Spangled Banner. I remember the Pledge of Allegiance and all of those things that it seems like one by one they're being removed. These little reminders uh, of a Christian nation are being removed. And as I was considering this and thinking about this time of social distancing, um, as I mentioned in the last video or last week, was it's like a blank space. A lot of things that we were so uh, busy with have been put on hold, and we now have this blank space. And Ephesians 5.16 says, making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. 
as we consider this blank space and how we can um, take the opportunities that are in front of us and what we can do with this time of, of social distancing, I thought how cool would it be if we understood the importance uh, of, of setting these little reminders or these little habits, um, if you will, in the context of the family to ensure uh, that not only do we as parents know God, but we're making sure that our next generation knows Him as well. Do you know when it comes to that responsibility, that responsibility is not on the government, it's not on the schools, uh, it's not even on the churches, it starts in the home. Uh, there's another passage in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's a very familiar one. It says in verse 4, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. So in verses 4 through 6, he's basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm a priority. We talked about that last week, to seek God above all else, and He'll take care of our needs. He says, make me a priority. I'm the only God, and you must love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in verse 7, he says, now I want you to take what you know, and I want you to invest that into the next generation. He says, repeat them again and again to your children. Make sure they know who God is. Talk about them, not just sometimes, but it says, when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Listen, I don't want you to forget who God is. Is what he's saying. So make sure and repeat them over and over. Set them constantly before yourself and before your kids. Why? Because he said there's a temptation to forget God. He goes on in verse 10 to say, the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestor Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, verse 12, listen to this, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. In verse 20, he says, In the future, your children will ask, What is the meaning of all these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with His strong hand. The Lord is, or He did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes. Listen, the responsibility... Um, is on us parents in the home to ensure uh, that we're passing our faith on to the next generation. And the question is, is, how do we do that? What are some things that we can do practically in our homes today to ensure that we're setting these reminders, these memorials, these prompts that will engage our children into the conversation and we get an opportunity to share our faith with them? As Joshua encouraged the leaders to take the 12 stones and to place them as a memorial, and that memorial would be a cue to remind the kids or a second generation or a third generation uh, of, of what they mean, why they're there, what they're there for, um, I want to give you just a few practical suggestions that you could put into practice today. Uh, and the first one is make the Bible a very important part of, of your family unit, your life. Let me ask you a question, parents. Do your kids see you opening God's Word? Do they see you reading the Bible. 
um, are we modeling that for them? Make the Bible a big part of our, our lives in the family unit. Encourage them to read their Bible. Uh, we're encouraging our youngest one that's still at home to read through the Gospel of John with us as adults. And we remind her every morning, you got your schoolwork, have you read your chapter yet in your Bible? So encourage them to get God's Word um, into their hearts and their minds. Uh, another thing that's very important is prayer. Again, parents, do our kids see us praying regularly? I remember one of the biggest impacts on me that I saw with my dad. I never saw my dad as a very spiritual guy. I just didn't see it much. But one night I came in late, and as I was walking through the living room, I caught him as in the dark, and he was on his knees in front of the couch just praying and pouring his heart out to God. And I just remember that made a big impact on me. And I thought, wow, I just never knew that about my father. There's a great influence in that when they see us praying modeling that for them. Maybe you pray for them in the morning before they start their schoolwork. Maybe you pray for them before they go to bed, or maybe it's before a meal. But in all those things, they may ask the question, Dad, why do we pray all the time? Why are we doing this? And it's a great opportunity for you to show them and to explain to them how important God is in our life and how we trust Him in all things. Uh, another big thing that we can do, um, it's a huge thing for me and my family, uh, is to bring the family meal back around the family table. And you think, is that a big deal? I, I just think some great things happen around the kitchen table. Uh, our family does this now. Once a week, we have a big family meal, and I love it. It's a blast. It's a great opportunity to laugh and hear stories and just catch up with each other. It's important to us and our family. One of the temptations that I have, and maybe you do as well, is uh, leaving the phone away from the kitchen table during that time. Um, and so I just encourage you to make that part, part of your family uh, intentional, to, to be intentional with the family meal. Uh, maybe even get the nice dishes out uh, for a special day. You know that the dishes that are always in the china ca cabinet that we want to wait for and save for a special day. Um, let's make that time special around the family. That's something that we can do that's practical um, as a, a cue, as a reminder of our faith in God. Another thing that we can do uh, is activities with the kids. Now, I've heard a lot of people that have reached out to me uh, through the phone or Facebook or just running to them um, at the store. And they said, hey, this is the first time I've played uh, Yahtzee in, in my life, and they had a blast. Or another person said they put together a puzzle with their kids, and they're just being intentional to create opportunities to just have fun and laugh together. So activities are a big thing, and I would encourage you maybe to find something to do with the kids uh, that would <clears throat> just show them that you care for them during this time of social distancing. Uh, and, and the last thing I would give you, and certainly not the only things, uh, there's, there's plenty of things we can do, but it's communication. Especially with these kids, um, you know, for us as adults, we, we know what's going on. We may not agree with all of it or, or with, with all the interpretation of it, but we understand why we're going through what we're, we're going through right now in this COVID-19 thing. Uh, but they don't understand it. They don't get all of the reasons why they can't connect with their friends. They're missing that, that relationship, those communications uh, with their friends. And I, I get to thinking that may be the only real communication they get uh, is in the context of their friends because we as adults are always busy working. We got our things going on. So let's be intentional to communicate with our kids, um, to open up dialogue with them, to ask them how they're doing, um, and to inject God into those conversations when they come to you and say, I really don't know what's going on or such and such happened today. And it's a great opportunity for us to say, you know, I wonder what God would want us to do in this situation. Or I wonder if the Bible has anything to say about this. So it's a great opportunity for us to bring God into the equation to communicate with them. And, and hopefully the goal is in being intentional in the family unit that we create opportunities, we, we create little memorials or cues that will cause our kids to ask why we do what we do. And it's a great opportunity for us to share with them about the God that we trust and serve, 
uh, that they need to know him too to pass it on to the next generation. So listen, if this has been a challenge to you, as I know it has been to me, um, I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do with this? You know, there's this phrase that says, unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. It doesn't do anybody any good. So it doesn't matter if we know what to do, but when we put these things into practice, that's where the power is at. So I want to encourage you to find a practical way to put into practice what I shared with you today. And for some of you, it may look a little different. That's cool. Some of you may say, hey, Shane, my kids are grown. I don't feel like this is practical to me. Listen, you still have influence on your kids. If you're a grandparent, you have influence on those grandkids. And maybe you never had kids. And you say, Shane, I, I just, I never had kids, uh, so this doesn't really relate to me. There's a good chance that God has placed someone around you that you have influence on. And you might be like a father figure or a mother figure to them. So I just want to challenge you to take these truths and, and take these challenges and apply them in that context. And let's just see what God does as a result of it. My hope would be that what we do today in this blank space, making the most of this opportunity, will, will create a ripple effect that will impact our families in a positive way, um, way into the future, that they'll look back on this time and be glad that it happened because the family grew tighter and stronger as a result of it. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the reminders uh, in Scripture of the importance of remembering, not forgetting, uh, especially when it comes to knowing you and making you known to the next generation. My prayer is, Lord, Lord, that we would take this opportunity seriously, that we would evaluate our own homes, our own lives, and see how we might be able to uh, put into practice new traditions, uh, new things uh, that would cause our families to look to you and to know the same God that we, we know as the older generation, but it would be passed on to the next generation as well. Father, would you please just inspire us, equip us, and, and challenge us uh, to take these things uh, and put them into practice for the benefit of the family. And my hope is, Lord, that looking back on this, all of us will see the benefit of having put these things into practice. So Lord, help us to redeem the time. Help us to make the most of this opportunity that is in front of us today. And Father, we honor you and we thank you for all that you do. We ask that you'll be glorified in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I hope this has been an encouragement, but also a challenge to you today, as I know it has been to me. Uh, and so you may want to communicate that amongst yourselves or share it with someone else or share it with me. Hey, Shane, this is what we're doing as a family. Uh, but whatever it looks like for you, I just want to encourage you to do something. Make the most of this opportunity. And in the meantime, until we can get together again, just know this, God loves you and so do I. Have a great week.